Hey, this is Andy Lucas, pastor of Emmaus Road Church in Fort Collins, Colorado. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this message helps you grow in your walk with Christ. If you'd like to support this ministry, visit theroadfc.org and click the giving link. Um, hey, we're, this is the second week of our prayer series. Uh, it's three weeks, and so before we jump into this morning's material, I want to tell you about next week. Uh, next week, we have the privilege of welcoming Dana Prush. She, as our guest speaker, she is the director of the Center for Pastoral Leadership at Nazarene Theological Seminary. Uh, her life uh, bears the fruit of prayer. Uh, her countenance, her wisdom, her gentleness are all born from a life of prayer and connection with God. And I'm just so looking forward to having her speak with us and share some of her wisdom uh, with us in this setting on Sunday morning next week. Uh, but also we have a special thing planned where uh, we have an uh, event that we're calling Practices of Prayer uh, that will take place right after the service next week. And the goal is to just allow space uh, in our lives for you to experience maybe different forms or ideas or ways to pray, to engage with prayer, and maybe that you haven't uh, known or come across before. Uh, and so, yes, there'll be some content and there'll be some teaching, some additional teaching as part of that event, but the real goal and the real meat of the event is to provide space for you to not just learn about something, but learn about it and then practice it and get a sense of what it would feel like to pray in that way uh, or use those uh, different forms of prayer. Uh, and so we encourage you to be there, to participate with us. We've had a few sign up already, uh, but you can register online. If you're not comfortable with online registration, you can just mark your connection card today and we will register you online uh, and we'll do that for you. Um, but we really encourage you to do that. And this is an all-ages event. So for the first 30 minutes, uh, all ages will be welcome to experience that with us. And our real goal is parents to be able to resource you uh, on how to engage your kids in prayer, meaningful prayer, kind of during mealtimes and, and, and bedtime prayer. You know how sometimes we can get stuck in a rut and just make those really kind of shallow times? Uh, how do we enrich those times of prayer as a family together? That'll be the first 30 minutes, although it's for everyone, right? We want everyone to participate in that with us. And then at the end of the, that 30 minutes, then all the children will go back to, to e-kids and childcare will be provided uh, for the rest of the event and we'll be all done by 2 p.m. or before. Okay, and here's the sweet thing is if you register, we're going to buy your lunch. Lunch is provided uh, if you come and uh, participate with us. So uh, we hope that you'll do that. If you have the Church Center app downloaded, then you can uh, register there. In the newsletter, you can follow a link and register online. Or today, you can just check the bar box that says, hey, I want to go, and we'll register for you. Uh, so we hope that you'll make, uh, make plans to do that. That is next Sunday, March 1st uh, with Dana Prush, and we're just really excited to have her there and with us to share some of those things. So if you've ever wanted uh, an opportunity to jumpstart your prayer life, get to some new ideas on how to pray, uh, for tools, for some dis from variety in your prayer life, then we hope you'll join us uh, for this fun experience and meaningful experience for us uh, next week. Uh, well, last week, uh, as we opened up the series, what we learned is that we learned that the purpose of prayer, the primary purpose of prayer, is to be properly formed. And since this is the case, uh, we cannot just uh, always be left on our own to pray or left to pray our own prayers, but rather we need to, to receive with a humble heart uh, the wisdom that is offered to us in the prayers of Scripture, through the Lord's Prayer itself, and then also through prayers that have been composed by our ancient brothers and sisters in the faith. 
And so praying these written prayers helps us to pray well. It helps us to pray what is true. And then praying well and praying what is true helps to form us as the people of God. And we really centered on the Lord's Prayer, but not just the Lord's Prayer itself, but the context of the Lord's Prayer, that when the disciples came to Jesus and said, Jesus, teach us how to pray, Jesus did not give them kind of empty euphemisms about prayer. He didn't give them a theory or a philosophy about prayer. He gave them a prayer to say. He put words on their lips and words in their mouth that would help form them as followers of Jesus. Um, I was reminded or came across this quote again by Brian Zond this week. He says, as long as you are in charge of your own praying, you will never see the world significantly different than you do now. As long as you're only in charge of your own praying, you will never see the world significantly different than you do now. Prayer is not about persuading God to do our bidding. Prayer is about coming to see the world through God's eyes of love. So prayer has this, prayer is, the primary purpose of prayer is to form us and to shape us as uh, the people of God. And I wanted to start this morning uh, just by kind of bookending uh, that message a little bit and, and giving you an idea of why this has been so helpful to me and why I have found this personally meaningful in my own life. Throughout my life, I have found it very difficult, tremendously difficult to talk to God. Uh, when I was young, I was told to have devotions. And what that meant was you would have a time where you showed devotion to God, first by reading the scriptures, reading the Bible, and then spending time talking to God, right? And God liked it better if you did this in the morning. I suppose doing it any time of the day was better than not doing it at all, but God liked this better in the morning, right? So you kind of do my personal devotions, uh, read the Bible, and talk to God, I could read the Bible just fine. I never found that to be a hurdle. But when it came to prayer, I always struggled because I found it really difficult to talk to someone that I couldn't see. I missed the nonverbal feedback, like head nods that would confirm the person is listening, right? Or the facial expressions that people show that, where you can get a sense of whether they agree or disagree with what you are saying. So when I was praying, I was missing all those nonverbal signs of communication that God was listening. And maybe he agreed with what I said, or maybe I said something wrong and he would show me this kind of face, right? I've missed all of that nonverbal communication. And then on top of that, when you're talking to God, there usually isn't a verbal response. And so you start to feel like your prayers aren't going anywhere. And you start to wonder, am I doing this right? <laughs> you start to wonder, is there even a point to all of this? And then you start to wonder, what difference does it make? Uh, you guys aren't giving me very much feedback, so I'm feeling pretty alone in all of this experience. So maybe if, you're, maybe if I'm not alone, could you give me like an amen or like a yaha or, or a grunt or something, right? Um, I, I've always found it to be really difficult to engage God in prayer. Uh, yeah, that's right, good. Because when you, when you miss that kind of feedback of communication, here's what would happen is my mind would start to wander uh, and I'd start thinking about what I needed to do that day or I'd start worrying about something coming up or a conversation that I needed to have. I mean, you name it, almost anything could get in the way of the prayers that I was trying to pray. And then I discovered like, borrowing and receiving with a humble heart the wisdom of written prayers. And here's what I found. Praying written prayers gave me a place to start. 
gave me a place to start. It gave me language with which I could engage with God, quiet my heart, and, and tune my attention to the presence of God that is all around me. And once, once, I had, once I had language, once I had words that I could borrow to engage with God, to t- quiet my heart and to tune my attention, what I found is then I could more effectively move into a time of extemporaneous prayer. So again, it, wasn't, it was never just trying to replace talking to God or pouring my own heart out to God with written prayers, but rather having these written prayers that gave me a place to start. Because otherwise my mind would wander, I'd be thinking all different directions, I'd be missing the nonverbal communication, I wasn't tuned into the presence because I would be maybe rushing from dropping the kids off to school or you know, just the, the responsibilities of life or I'd be groggy from just getting up. It doesn't matter what the barrier was, I'd go straight from the barrier to try to engage God and I'd have no on-ramp to a time of prayer. And written prayers have helped do that for me. So, my prayer times will often start with this. Father God, creator of heaven and earth, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, God of Israel, God and Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, true and living God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, have mercy and hear our prayer. O Lord, open our lips and our mouths shall proclaim your praise. Glory to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Hallelujah. O God, make speed to help us. O Lord, make haste to save us. Glory to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me. And then I'll say a prayer of confession, the classic prayer of confession. Most merciful God, I confess that I have sinned against you by the things that I have done and by the things that I have left undone. For I have not loved you with my whole heart and I have not loved my neighbor as myself. I am truly sorry and I humbly repent. And for the sake of your son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on me and forgive me that I might delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. And I'll often go straight from a confessional prayer to the Apostles' Creed. So you might think of it this way, a prayer of confession into a prayer of belief. So after confessing my own sin before God, I'll say the the Apostles' Creed, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was uh, was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. And after the going through the whole Apostles' Creed, I'll say the Lord's Prayer. And having done those, not just to say those words in rote, not to to just memorize them and not have them connected to my heart, but as a way of actually putting words in my mouth, words on my lips that I can engage with, that I can allow to sink into my heart and to my soul, then I'm free to enter into extemporaneous prayer and pour out my heart to God. Pour out my struggles to God. Begin to pray for others, including my own family. And and, and so, 
I just wanted to give you a little bit of like the personal ways that these have, by the way, I didn't make any of that up. <laughs> uh, I didn't make any of that up. All of that was given to me. All of that was received and then applied and say, I think if I do them in this order, then it will, it will be meaningful to me. And it just allows me kind of an entry point into a time of extemporaneous prayer. Does this make sense? Uh, I hope that's helpful to you. Some of you are thinking to yourself right now, I wish I had that text, right? I will provide it in the newsletter, okay? So it'll be there. But I want to address a particular kind of question this morning, and that is if the purpose of prayer is to be properly formed, then that begs a rather obvious following question, which is why ask for things in prayer? If the purpose of prayer is to be properly formed and prayer is kind of this mechanism of discipleship, then why do we ask for stuff in prayer? Uh, the more negative way, maybe the more cynical way of asking that question is, does prayer do any good? <laughs> does prayer make any difference? Why pray petitionary prayers, which are prayers for ourselves? Why pray intercessory prayers, which are prayers for others? For do these prayers do any good? And I have to be honest with you this morning, that's a really compelling question to me. Um, a, a question that I have to be honest about. A question that I have to honestly engage with and ask. Does prayer do any good? Why do we pray? Why do we ask for things in prayer? Because having reached my 40th birthday, I have a stack of experiences and circumstances in life that didn't turn out the way that I had hoped or the way that I had prayed for, right? Right? Being in ministry, I know of many tragic events that would fly in the face of any prayer for protection. And so there is this, this, there is, in all honesty, there is this body of evidence that you could hold up and conclude prayer doesn't work in influencing situations. And, and I think that could be an honest thing, Right? That, you could, that, that would be an honest conclusion that someone could come to looking purely at the evidence. Now, of course, many, if not most people, have had this similar experience. And yet we all feel compelled to prayer, that even the most secular among us, in the face of tragedy, will say, I'm praying for you. And so we have kind of this body of evidence, and, we still, and yet we're still compelled toward prayer, and so how do we answer this question of the evidence that maybe prayer doesn't work, or maybe it does? There's a singer-songwriter uh, who, for many years, decades, has written and sung Christian songs, who recently totally deconstructed his faith and, and uh, is not a Christian anymore. And he, and he says this, even a broken clock is right twice a day. That, that you could look at the evidence of your life and you could say, oh, prayer doesn't work. Or you might say, when things did work out, you could reach the conclusion that, aha, this was it. A See, that was prayer. It did work. So what do we do? Well, some have said, there's, to, to, in order to address this problem, some have said that prayer does in fact work if you are doing it right. <laughs> if you do it right, prayer does work, is the conclusion that some have reached. That, in other words, the implication is if you don't get the intended outcome of your prayers, then you didn't have enough faith, or you weren't patient enough, or you didn't pray hard enough, etc., etc., etc. While I certainly see any number of issues with that approach, 
What I do appreciate about that approach is an encouragement to pray bold and urgent prayers, to engage with God on a, on a very serious kind of faith-based level and cry out to God and say, we need this to happen. And, and, I, and I, I appreciate that about that approach. Um, and now others would say, and have maybe answered this problem by saying that prayer doesn't change the situation, but it does change us. Maybe prayer doesn't change the situation, but it changes us. It changes the way we see the situation. Uh, and again, I, to which I would say, I think that's true. Prayer does, in fact, change us. As we learned last week, prayer is formative. Prayer does change the way we see situations. Prayer can change the way we feel about certain people. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> right? So absolutely prayer changes us. But then we also have, and this is, I don't have a central scripture, but rather just want to take kind of the witness of scripture together, that at the same time throughout the scriptures, particularly the Hebrew scriptures, that is the Old Testament, we see examples of how prayer actually changes the trajectory of a situation. There are multiple examples of when, when God has intended to move in this direction, God has intended to take this action, and, and a, a believer, a person of God, will, will enter into intercessory prayer, will pray for that situation, and what we find is that God changes his plans because of the prayer. That the prayer actually moved and changed the trajectory of a situation. We cannot ignore the scriptural witness that says Prayer, in fact, changes, on occasion, God's mind. We, we just finished a series in Job. In Job, at the end of Job, God was not pleased with Job's friends. You remember that? God says, I am angry with Eliphaz and his friends, for they have misspoken about me, and I have in mind to bring about some sort of judgment upon them. But Job prays for his friends, and, and God does not bring that, that, God does not take the action that he intended or wanted to take. And so it was because of Job's prayer on behalf of his accusers that God does not take action. There was a time when Israel was caught up in all kinds of unjust practices and has in mind to bring judgment upon Israel. And Moses stands in the gap, prays on behalf of Israel, and influences God's action toward them so that he would not at that time bring judgment against them. That's in Exodus chapter 32. There's also the famous passage in 2 Chronicles 7.14, which is an if-then statement connected to our prayers. That if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will forgive their sin and heal their land. If, then. This, this sort of like contingency of God's action and the contingent upon our prayers. So there seems to be this evidence that is, that is mounting, particularly in the Hebrew scriptures, that our prayer, in fact, does have an influence on God's actions. In, in this Second Chronicles passage, it shows us that God wants to bring healing, God wants to bring forgiveness, and is waiting for us to humble ourselves enough to admit our sin, repent, and move in a different direction. And if we'll do that, then he will bring healing. I think that's kind of an appropriate prayer for us now. Because admitting your sin first takes a humble heart. But if you are 
bent and just so committed to standing in your own certainty and you're never willing to humble yourself enough to say, I could be wrong on this point, then maybe God will not move and heal. Jesus' own prayer, the Lord's Prayer, where he teaches us to pray for God's will to be done on earth as, is, as it is in heaven, implies that things aren't as they should be and that prayer helps to bring about God's will, right? The Lord's Prayer itself, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, has, with, has an implication that says everything is not as it should be. And it's through prayer that we can help bring about God's will. And so we see this, this evidence that prayer does, in fact, make a difference. Greg Boyd says it this way, Prayer doesn't just change our attitude toward God's will. It releases it on the earth. Prayer doesn't just change our attitude toward God's will. It releases God's will on the earth. Wow, that's pretty powerful. Well, one of the things that I try to do in, in messages, and this isn't always easy or possible, but I try to provide nuance and try to be honest about the human experience. Um, and I just, I can't, um, I can't get past my own experience of things that I've prayed for, things that I've longed for, and have always yet seemed unanswered, at least in the ways that I thought. And so, kind of on one extreme, you might say, based on all the evidence, prayer doesn't work. On the other extreme, it's if you don't get your intended outcome, then you didn't do it enough. You didn't have enough faith. You weren't patient enough. Enough, 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 you know. And so in, in that scenario, it just feels like that no matter what you do, it's never enough <laughs> until you get sort of the intended outcome that you've prayed for. And, and I have to be honest with you, I've never been really quite comfortable with either one of those extremes. And, and so I don't want you to hear me this morning saying, uh, you know, prayer does make a difference, so, you know, get on that, better start praying um, and doing it more or, 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 uh, just out, or else, or else what? I don't know, <laughs> you know? Um, I don't want you to hear me saying that. What I've tried to do and, and what I want to present to you in the, in the rest of the message is this, this I, I think, hybrid approach that to me makes a lot of sense. Um, that isn't going to land on either extreme between prayer works, but only if you're doing it right, uh, to prayer does nothing, right? Because I, I, I don't think that we can look at the evidence of Scripture and come to the conclusion that prayer doesn't do anything. Um, and so, and yet, our, my life experience says, I, nor do I think we can come to the conclusion that if you do it right or if you do it enough or with enough faith or enough, 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 then you'll get your intended outcome every time because God is obligated to give you what you want, right? Um, and so what's, what's a hybrid approach? Here, here's, here's my thought. If the purpose of prayer is to be properly formed, then, then once we have been properly formed as disciples of Jesus, with an allegiance only to the kingdom of God, to the ways of Christ, then we are better able to pray specific prayers that are in line with God's will 
in order that it might be loosed upon the earth. You with me? This, this is why I feel like it's so central to pray well and to pray what is true because that forms us in ways that we can then better pray and more specifically pray God's will uh, be done on earth as it is in heaven. We can have a better picture, a clearer picture of what that looks like. So I know that some of you are like, well, what does that mean? Let me give you some examples. I have tried in my prayer life recently to try to frame things according to God's will in my prayers. So in praying written prayers has helped connect me to the power of forgiveness, right? The, the, on my own, maybe I wouldn't pray for forgiveness. I, I would pray vengeful prayers, <laughs> right? I would pray, Lord, get them. They wronged me. Go get them. I do not pray blessing on their life, right? But Praying written prayers has helped aim my heart, has helped form me so that it's connected me to the power of forgiveness, that God would forgive me, that others would forgive me, that I in turn would forgive others. And so I'll pray something like, God, you have taught us to forgive those who have sinned against us. Would you help me come to a place where I can forgive, fill in the blank, for name the pain? With me? So what you're doing then is you're not just praying the Lord's Prayer, forgive us as, as we forgive others, but you're saying, Lord, I know that in your perfect kingdom, I do not hold on to this idea of revenge but rather you want to move me toward the forgiveness and love of enemies. And so would you help me come to a place where I can forgive and you name the person or the place or the thing for, and then you name the pain. And in so doing, you are bringing specificity, you're bringing something very tangible to the broad prayer that Jesus is teaching us to pray. Are you with me? Does it, is this starting to make sense? Right? And so, so I'm saying, so I'll say things like this God, in your new creation, there will be plenty of resource for all. So, would you empower the organizations that are doing the important work of feeding the hungry and providing water for the thirsty? And would you help me be generous with my resources? For you have blessed me with plenty. Does this make sense? And so, you're kind of taking the the, the ministry of Jesus, the teachings of Jesus, and you're not just receiving them as, as like sort of information that, that lives in a void, but you're rather taking the teaching of Jesus, the proclamation of the kingdom, and you're beginning to pray it into your own life and into your own practice. So you could take this and with the, with, with the simple proclamation that in your kingdom there will be resource for all, then you could begin to pray specific prayers. Lord, would you be with Marian Medical Mission as they go about and build wells in Africa? Thank you, God, that we get to be a small part of that work through Advent Conspiracy. Would you empower the people on the ground as they proclaim the good news of Jesus through the, through the gift of clean water? Right? Lord, would you help me? I tend to have such a selfish heart. Would you help me to recognize the, the plenty that you have blessed me with and may I be generous with it? 
These are, these are more specific prayers that you can be confident are aligned with the will of God, right? Sometimes, sometimes the will of God isn't so connected to a specific decision as much as it is to a specific way. That maybe the will of God is not so much should I go here or do this or eat there, right? But maybe the will of God is more, uh, maybe God is more concerned with us living in kind of particular kinds of ways, right? That may I be generous toward those who I don't understand. God, I recognize that in your kingdom you have shown mercy and so Lord, would you help me to listen first, before I pretend to have all the answers. Wouldn't that change us? Specific prayers that we know are in line with God's will. Lord, it is your will that all disease will end, so would you bring healing to so-and-so's body and encouragement to their spirit as they battle blank. Give them the capacity to carry on with this day and ease their pain. To me, these are more robust prayers and they, they, they provide muscle and, and tendons and life around kind of the, the baseline, the foundational prayer of the Lord's Prayer or praying the scriptures or taking the the ministry, the message of Jesus, and begin to just allow it to soak into our lives in such a way that we begin to say, how do I, how do I perceive this playing out in my own life? Because then, it's not just changing me. It is doing that. It's shaping me as I pray those kinds of prayers. But because I'm praying in line with God's will, I'm also helping to loose God's will on the earth. And I'm helping to influence situations and circumstances in accordance with God's kingdom, okay? That when we pray these prayers, we can be confident we are in line, they are in line with God's will, and then we can be confident that they aren't just changing us, they're influencing the situation. And here's, here's the main point, if you get nothing else today, this is what I want you to get. When we pray, we bring greater expression of God's kingdom into that situation. When we pray, we bring a greater expression of God and his presence and God in his kingdom and God in his way and his way into that situation. That prayer helps to loose the presence of God into a situation, whether that situation re- reaches our desired income or not, or outcome, sorry. <laughs> whether that reaches our desired outcome or not. In this way, in this way, no prayer is wasted. No prayer is wasted. Let me say that again since I messed it up. When we pray, we bring greater expression of God's kingdom into a situation, whether it reaches the desired outcome or not. In this way, no prayer is wasted. At age 57, my dad was diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer. 
The doctor said, make your plans. You have three to six months to live. Many of you probably know someone who's been in a similar situation, or maybe you have yourself. Upon hearing that news and feeling the urgency of the situation, our whole family gathered in Garden City to be with Dad, not knowing if that might be the last time that all of us could be together, and not knowing how long we would have. But coming to the front porch of death changes you. And it can be very hard to come to grips with. And so my dad, at that visit, isolated himself in defeat. He thought to himself, why interact with family? Why get to know his grandchildren who were infants at the time? Because after all, he was going to lose them, and they were going to lose him. And so why make the investment in relationships that we know are going to end? And it might be easy to sit in judgment um, of my father for responding in that way initially, but the truth is, is until you're there, you never know how you're going to respond or react. And so my dad, as part of a local church in Garden City, Kansas, he began to pray, and the whole church began to pray. And my brother's church, he was a pastor at the time, they began to pray. My other brother went to a charismatic church, and they really began to pray <laughs> and prophesy, and, and they began to do their whole thing. And then our church, some of you may remember this, our church began to pray. And so you had a collection and a network of people literally across the country that were praying and praying for my dad's healing. Well, what happened is we rode the roller coaster journey that many of you know, the ups and downs, the good days, the bad days. We would get a report of a clear scan and we'd celebrate only to come back three months later and hear that it's worse than it's ever been. Three years after his diagnosis, far longer than anyone expected, his body succumbed to the strength of the cancer and he died at age 60. And this coming May, it'll be eight years ago. And the time flies so fast. So let me ask you a question. Did God answer our prayers? He wasn't healed physically. And he died of the disease that the doctors said he would. Did our prayers work? I don't know. I don't. But let me tell you what I do know. What I do know is that in those three years, my dad came out of his emotional isolation and decided again to engage with life, even in the midst of uncertainty. He went from refusing to hold his newborn grandkids to chasing toddlers around the best that he could. He went from fear of death to embracing God's victory over death 
He went from being a workaholic to embracing the giftedness of life, the beauty of creation, and the wonder of experience. So my dad died of the disease that the doctor said he would. And yet, I stand on the conviction that through the prayers of the faithful, so much expression of the kingdom of God and the presence of God and the will of God was brought inside of that impossible situation. And this has helped me make sense of the question, why do we pray? And does prayer work? Because I can tell you based on a mountain of evidence that sometimes you won't get your intended outcome. I've got 40 years of that. But I also can be really, really confident that when we pray, we are helping to bring an expression of God's will and God's love and God's kingdom into the midst of impossible situations. Because on the one end, you could say, if your prayers weren't answered in just the way that you prayed them, then you didn't pray hard enough, you didn't have enough faith, <laughs> you didn't believe enough. On the other end, you could go and you say, what good is all, what's going to happen is going to happen. So what good is prayer anyway? What does it do? And I got to tell you, church, I'm not satisfied with either one of those extremes. Because the purpose of prayer is to be properly formed. And as properly formed disciples of Jesus Christ, we can effectively pray God's will on the earth to be done, God's will on earth as it is in heaven and be confident that we, through prayer, are bringing expressions of God's kingdom to the world. Amen? And this has helped motivate me toward prayer. And I got a pretty big cynical side. If you're, if, you're, if, you're real, if you're close friends with me, you know I can get pretty cynical pretty quick. <laughs> and, and there's a big part of me that just wants to say, you know, there's this, this whole thing just doesn't work. But then I think about situations like my dad's. And probably a thousand cents. And you could probably name some too. Where maybe we didn't get the intended outcome. Maybe we didn't get the prayer answered just the way we wanted. But if we can stand in faith on the evidence that when we pray, we are bringing an expression of God's kingdom into that situation. And maybe sometimes God will choose to intervene and bring the intended outcome. Praise be to God for that. Maybe sometimes it won't. But either way, we can be confident that we are praying God's presence to be further known and expressed in a situation. Amen? Well, let's pray. God, we confess today that your presence covers the whole earth. That there's no place, no cave or corner that is not filled with your presence. And yet, Lord, in the midst of difficulty, struggle, and strife, it can be easy not to be attuned to that presence. 
It can be easy to confess that you are not there. Perhaps even that you do not care. But God, would you free us that we might be able to see and to recognize your presence in all of creation. And that as we pray, God, that we, in some small way, as you have called us as partners in this world, that we are helping to bring awareness and expression of your love and your kingdom into situations that are impossibly difficult. And God, I know that certainly there are some here today that are facing impossibly difficult situations. Maybe, maybe, Lord, there is discernment that is needed. Maybe there's encouragement that is needed. Maybe there is strength just to put one foot in front of the other and to continue on. God, whatever is needed in those situations, we pray in the powerful name of Jesus that you would provide it. That you would come in with a sense of your presence and the fullness of the work of the Spirit of God to give us discernment, to give us encouragement, and to provide us strength to keep going. And so God, be with us. Motivate us toward prayer, God. We confess that it can be difficult sometimes. It can be difficult to pray, though, even though we cannot see. To engage, even though we cannot often hear back. At least in the way that we're used to hearing others. And so God, would you help us to be aware of the ways in which you are speaking? Help us, God, to be aware of the ways in which you are listening and open our eyes to see the evidence of the ways in which our prayers are making a difference. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your work on the cross through Jesus Christ that has shown us the power of self-sacrificial love. God, may our lives be aligned with the kingdom of God today. We ask it all in Jesus' name, amen.